Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, where we talk with heart-centered thought leaders on their pathways to becoming free and stepping into higher consciousness. And today we're in studio with Robin Stamp, who is a karmic guide and has been studying a deep study of yoga, Ayurveda, meditation, and pathways for him that have brought him into deeper sovereignty, freedom, and embodiment. So welcome, Robin. Thank you for being on. Yeah, happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here, as always. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your, um, you live up in Canada right now. I know you tend to do Mm -hmm. a lot of travel, but tell us a little bit about, um, how you got into the work as a karma guide. What is a karma guide, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) A lot of our listeners may not know what a karma guide is. Um, so maybe you could share a little bit what is a karmic guide and how you actually stepped into that work or found that work or the work found you is often yeah. like the case. <laughs> right. It definitely wasn't a plan. It kind of found me for sure. Uh, karmic guide is um, I approach life as how do we serve the highest moment? So mm. everybody's kind of familiar with karma as you reap what you sow, but I think of it as a a little bit differently. Karma is the unfolding of your life. Hmm. We never know what the events of our life are going to be beforehand. And so instead of trying to manipulate and force life into giving us what we think we want, uh, my work has been how do we step into our highest capacity and serve life, bring Hmm. our highest intentions, our highest focus, uh, our expressions of greatness to each moment. And so I guide people into finding that depth within themselves and um, working with whatever events life has pre- presented them with. Um, and so for so for me, it's um, it's been a bit of a long journey. I mm-hmm. was working in politics for a long time, and like many people, <laughs> we um, we have awakenings, and those awakenings come in our darkest moments of loss and. Um, losing elections and losing uh, a partner to divorce and losing health um, all brought me to a place of awakening. And I started to realize that life wasn't going to go the way I thought it was going to go. And so I needed to find a deeper purpose within myself for living um, with my greatest intention. And so that's been over a decade long journey now to come into sovereignty, to come into health, to come into vibrancy. And for me, the biggest thing is to come into service to really um, what's my greatest expression in life so that I can serve my family and my um, my community and uh, country and world. And yep, I'm in Canada now, but um, lived in many other places, um, born in the States, Raised in Utah, a lot of years in Arizona, Colorado, some time in Hawaii, um, had a retreat center in Mexico for a while, and um, COVID shuffled us up uh, to, up to Canada, and uh, we've been here now three years, and just exploring how to continue to serve in the space that I'm, I'm here now. Beautiful. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you brought so much forward there that I feel like we could take a, a moment to unpack. <laughs> um, if we even trace back a little bit to your invitation to reconsider karma, not as you, you know, reap what you sow, but um, I've heard a beautiful definition of karma that I think fits with what you're bringing forward is that, and I've, I've shared this before, but, um, and I wish I could give credit to the person, the where I read it from, but it stuck with me, but I, I can't totally give credit to the person who spoke it. Um, however, is to understand karma kind of as neither good nor bad, but if you want to understand your past karma, look at your present conditions. And if you want to contemplate your future karma, look at your present choices. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah. 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 I think that's beautiful. And, and even what I, talk to my students about and the people that I counsel is don't even try to worry or think about past life or how you can even understand that saying, what is my highest capacity that I can show up in this moment and serve the experiences that are unfolding in front of me. And that's really where we find our power and uh, our sovereignty Mm -hmm. to, to be our fullest capacity in whatever life is showing us. Mm-hmm. And so when you're working with someone, inviting them into that, how does, what does that feel like for people or feel like for you as a guide? Well, the, the first thing we always have to understand is how to deconstruct the current way of thinking that most people are operating under. Mm-hmm. And that is if I, if I do enough, I can get to a place in life where I'll be happy and fulfilled and satisfied. Right. Wow. It's a, it's an old vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an old vision of paradise, right. That was um, um, the vision of heaven, which is you work really hard, you sacrifice, and then you'll get to a place where it's all going to be okay. And what we find is that people spend an entire life projecting into the future and not really um, being present with what's unfolding in their life. And so we first have to deconstruct, um, what's your vision for living? Are you trying to accumulate the things that you think will make you happy? Hmm. Or are you, are you stepping into a purpose that, um, has happiness and joy built into it? And so that first deconstruction of, um, of how we've been living our lives that allows us to step into a new framework that says your life is bigger than you think it is. And when you show up fully, when you show up embodied, present, um, in your highest uh, capacity for service, there is joy Mm. in it. There is growth in it. There's power in it. And so that's really the first shift is um, getting out of accumulation of experiences of pleasure as the meaning of life. That's really what most people are, are directed towards. We're here to survive. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not here to survive. We're all going to, nobody gets out alive, right? Um, <laughs> no, there's always a transition. There's always a transition. So what are we really here for? And what I believe we're here for is to be revealed in our greatness, to be revealed in our fullest capacity. And we can call that sovereignty because then we have the ability to live uh, really on our own terms. No matter what life shows us, we get to show up however we determine is our, is our greatest expression. Yeah. And that habit or that attachment that doing an accumulation are going to bring joy and success, like always delaying 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like the carrot's always out in front. As you deconstruct that and you support people coming back to the present moment and their embodiment, um, what does that look like for, I mean, I know it looks different for everyone, right? But mm-hmm. what are some ways that, you know, because it can be a pretty big shift for people who have been used to this other paradigm, right? That For sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, the first step is we can really look around and see it's not a a theory. It's not a spiritual philosophy. We can look around at the state of our culture, the state of society, the state of the world and say those who are uh, driven to live for accumulation, right, as a means within itself Mm -hmm. are depressed. Are sick or anxious. We were in a mental health crisis. Now I think we're getting close to 40 million uh, Americans taking some sort of pharmaceutical for depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's like more than one in six. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever we're doing, it's not working, right? Yeah. And it's, sometimes I think that depression and anxiety is ways that are spirit is trying to wake us up to this isn't working like exactly pause like it's almost like you know it might start subtly like a yellow light that you might see Mm -hmm. and when that gets full-blown it's a red light to just really stop and reassess and get some support for that reassessment yeah and hopefully we can that's uh, a lot of people are stuck in this loop right there they've signed up for so much debt that they're forced to work to just to service the debt that they've already accumulated. But there's often a breaking point for people, which is a mental, uh, emotional, physical breaking point where they can't do it anymore. And that's what it was for me and that I had to find a greater purpose. So the first, um, the first thing I always do is we set a new frame of understanding to say, look, here's how life has been understood. You, You were, we were all trained that way. We all go to school and they tell us, you operate in a certain way. You go to university to get a job so that you can make money so that you can retire. Really, <laughs> that's kind of the vision of life. And um, so it's not one, it's not your fault, right? You're right. not broken. It's the system that we're working in. And so we deconstruct the system one by setting a new framework, but then we have to start to come into a deeper inner experience. Right. And that's, um, you know, I, I, I have started to use the word meditation less because it's started to become such a commodity. It's almost akin to just like going to the gym. Another accumulation. Yeah. Another (laughs) thing to check off an app that you can download. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I call it inner reflection, a place Mm -hmm. of um, in silence and solitude that you can start to experience the inner state. Mm -hmm. And that brings us into a moment of presence and, you know, the mind might pull you out and, and pull you into different places, but that's okay. Uh, we come back to embodiment. Um, and so I do specific guided meditations that um, help people feel the inside of their body, help, help them feel that state of presence and um, specific points of power in the perineum, in the uh, sacrum, the solar plexus, the heart. So they start to feel um, a greater sense of what they are and um, using these tools to come back into a state of presence. And as they do, there's a shift in feeling, right? Mm-hmm. I, can, I feel different and therefore I have a sense that my life could be different. We could start to live differently. And to actually connect in with the self, like, because I find when I've been in those states of accumulation or 
feeling driven by my doing nature mm-hmm. instead of my being nature, it's like I'm connecting with something outside of myself instead of right. yeah. being inner aware and also having that awareness outside of myself, like having being able to witness both and then also witness something that's greater than me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, which is more of my high, higher self or potential or ability to manifest something different than what we've been told is what we should. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So bring us, you know, bring us back to that moment um, for you when you realize, like, hey, th- things aren't working. Like we've lost some elections, mm. um, and and. That must have been kind of um, intimidating or, uh, I mean, what was that like for you? Oh, well, it was like the hand of God had come through and just kind of wiped out the last kind of decade of work. Mm. I I was, um, uh, I had been serving on the school board. I was looking for higher office. Um, I'd been working um, for somebody who was supposed to be the next governor. Uh, I was married. I was going to be on my way to law school. Uh, It was this very kind of typical political trajectory. And within a matter of months, it all kind of all broke down. And I found myself um, alone and uh, in a, you know, kind of little bachelor place with not much. And I got sick because I was not really taking care of myself. And it's in those moments where um, the ego, right, who I thought I was, Mm -hmm. didn't have anything left to say. Mm-hmm. Right, it had no more credit in the conversation, so I had to start to find what I really was. And you, you brought that in as the self, um, and we can break that down as that we have a, our sense of ourself as a personality, right? The mm-hmm. accumulation of experiences of Robin, but that's really just anchored in the body and in mm-hmm. the mind. That in my heart, um, there's a deeper truth, there's a deeper consciousness, and. I had to start to look somewhere else. And um, over the course of uh, months, I started to meditate. I started to find that inner space. And it, it took some time, you know, kind of scratching around in the dark to, to start to find some places to stand. But it sent my life in a different direction. I ended up within a couple of years leaving politics, um, moving into doing some Ayurvedic health counseling working at a retreat center, um, growing as a, uh, in my own practice, studying, um, Indian astrology, um, tantra yoga, all of these things to, to say, what's, what's real, what's mm. true. And ultimately what's true is that within our heart is a frequency that we can say is, uh, our true self. It transmits out to the world all the time, the, the true nature of our being. It transmits to our body um, and directs the body how to function. Mm-hmm. So I, I really discovered that there is a powerful peace within me and that when I focus on that through breath, through meditation, um, my physical health changed, my mental health, my emotional health. All change, and so that's really the center of the work that I do now, guiding people into into the heart mm. and helping them see that there's a greater uh, expression within themselves. Mm-hmm. 
We'll return with Robin Stamp and Heart-Centered Consciousness and Embodiment and Why It Matters on Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth. Thank you, Robin. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and our guest, Robin Stamp from Universe Embodied, is here talking about being a karmic guide, what happens when life doesn't make sense anymore, and you have to find greater meaning than just in the doing. Um, And Robin, we were just exploring how potent heart-centered embodiment is, and that took a lot of um, inner exploration for you after mm-hmm. your uh, life turned upside down in 2010, where it sort of all the things you had been working toward and thinking, the you know, there, there's this great image that I once saw, and it showed like this golden ladder leaned against a wall. And this is back when I was studying developmental psychology. And they said that it was showing like this person climbing up this ladder, mm-hmm. right? And they were trying to describe, and there, in the words of developmental psychology, the midlife crisis. It's like you've realized you've put the ladder against the wrong wall, so to speak, mm-hmm. and that you've been climbing the rungs. And all of a sudden, you look around and you're like, "Wait, this isn't even the right wall. It's not the right ladder. It's not even feeding me." Right. Um, yeah. And so then, you know, how do you get back down that ladder and step into something that maybe it wasn't even a ladder against a wall, but has such a larger vision? Because I I really think that the human being, we're human beings, right, versus human doings. Um, (laughs) And I have to remind myself of that um, often and less often as I practice it more. But um, we haven't even fully tapped into our fullest potential. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all these things right now in the currency of like, oh, we can develop robots, we can have artificial intelligence, but our own intelligence, our own sentient nature, um, thinking, feeling, higher states of being, we haven't even fully explored and is vastly extraordinary compared to what is being um, trying to be sold to humanity at this time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for you, like to, I mean, to our listeners who might be hearing like, whoa, like his life turned upside down in 2010. And then he started to like, go study Ayurveda and yoga. Like, did that just drop in for you? Or did you have a natural inclination mm. toward it? Well, I didn't have a cho- I didn't have a choice after, you know, when I, when everything kind of broke down, I went into old patterns, which is, hey, let's go out to the bar and have a good time. <laughs> married for a while. I've been, you know, working really hard. And, and I was like, let's just go have some fun and, you know, meet some women. And uh, then I got sick hmm. and that got taken away. I, I just couldn't do that anymore. And so I was home. I was by myself and I, um, a friend of mine had bought me this little Buddha statue just as a gift. And one day I just lit a candle and sat there. Hmm. and started to was like well what what is this life what is it about for me what what am i feeling what what um, what's really here um and so it was a long journey those as i um 
as I started to look around, yes, I was interested in health and Ayurveda was one of the things that showed up on uh, the, the food science. It's uh, a sister science to, to yoga and health science, mm-hmm. not just about food. But I started to get really interested in what's going into my body and the energy of it and, and the vibrancy of it. And, and so yoga and Ayurveda kind of showed up. But um, what's really grown out of that for me is, you know, you, you touched on something so powerful there, which is human potential. Hmm. And what's, um, what's so exciting is that we know that human potential is operating at its basically its lowest capacity, right? Mm-hmm. We, we know in epigenetics that our body functions differently in a state of um, connection or peace versus how it will function in a state of stress. Mm-hmm. And so through all of recorded human history, essentially the human experience has been wrapped in survival, in fear, in stress. And, and now we're, we're, we're in a kind of a stress epidemic. Mm-hmm. And so what got me excited about the heart and working with the heart frequency is that we can manage or direct how we feel. Mm-hmm. That even in a time of stress, even in a time of difficulty, if I'm embodied and present and working with my heart frequency, I'm, I'm not um, upset. Mm-hmm. I can deal with what's in front of me. I can process. I can work with it. I'm not in stress. And I've watched my own body start to function completely differently. I'm mm-hmm. not tired. I'm not sluggish. I sleep less. I don't mm-hmm. need huge amounts of sleep because I'm um, tuning into the a greater power that's latent within my body. So I'm, I'm really excited about that for humanity as we start to realize that living in stress doesn't, you know, we know it kills us over time, mm-hmm. but what it's really doing is it's restricting this great power mm-hmm. that's expressing itself through the human experience. And once we start to release that, what is possible with, um, intuition Mm -hmm. with what we would call miraculous healing, Mm -hmm. right? People that can heal their body energetically that Mm -hmm. happens more and more Mm -hmm. that we can start to see that that's not necessarily a miracle. That's just a a higher way of understanding what's possible within the human uh, experience. And so I think we're breaking, we're starting to break into that right now because we have to, right? We're, we're all culturally, we're all in the place where I was maybe, (laughs) you know, more than a decade ago, we're, stuff's breaking down and we're sick and we're running out of options. And there's going to be a moment to say, we have to start something new. Yeah. And I think, you know, you bring forward that I think stress is the root of all unease or what Western culture would call dis-ease. And for me personally, it's been an invitation to get curious, right? It's like Mm -hmm. all the modalities that I've taken deep dives in, whether it's yoga, Ayurveda, or energy medicine, energy work, has been where I've felt my chronic stress pattern that was given to me through epigenetics and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, through some adverse childhood experiences. Um, I thought that was baseline. And then when I could feel it lift and have moments of like, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't have to operate in that. What was that? I got so curious that it has supported my own pathway of getting free. And you brought forward in what you just shared, even that we don't have to always believe everything the mind is telling us. 
like, <laughs> or that our emotions, like we want to pay attention yeah. to it, but can we get yeah. curious? And if we're in a more embodied state, and I really think humanity and the planet and not just humanity and the planet, but like all sentient beings at this time are being invited to step into a higher frequency and a higher state of consciousness. And it's really that alchemy or that bringing those energies into our heart space so that the the intellect, the wisdom, all of that is dropped into mm-hmm. this great potential. Um, yes. And we can witness from there so that when my mind is telling me you should be stressed or you should have this reaction to the situation, if I have the wherewithal in that moment to stay seated here, I can actually choose different. Yes. And not be, be impacted. Sovereign. Yeah. Right. And be sovereign. Be free of the pattern that yes. my mind might have run for however many lifetimes. Right. right. Um, and choose to respond with compassion or curiosity or not necessarily, or just even watch what the mind and the emotions are doing, you know, like choose to witness the waves versus being in the boat on the waves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a powerful truth. And you said, we don't have to believe the mind um, to understand what the mind is. The, mm-hmm. in our our personality is our accumulated experiences from our ancestors plus what we have um, gathered in this lifetime mm-hmm. right the accumu- inherited and accumulated together well that can't be you if it's inherited and accumulated you are the consciousness that is that is behind all this and mm-hmm. so yes i mean we can all raise our hand if we've had uh, the mind say things that were completely absurd Mm-hmm. crazy delusional <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like where did that come from it's um so we, we it's not that we don't believe it we understand what it is mm-hmm. we understand it's the body's survival mechanism trying to um, grasp living in this vast uh, complex world using the senses mm-hmm. right using um, past experiences and so when we come into our heart in that state of um, presence we're tuned into the frequency, mm-hmm. right? We all know that the world is just vibration. Mm-hmm. Yet we operate still largely that it's a mechanical world, right? <laughs> that it's Newtonian, that we have to just force it with effort to get what we want. But we and know that, that's not that true. may be a new idea for some people listening well, at the moment, sure, that it's the we, world is all vibration and energy. Yes, but now that's um, baseline physics, right? There totally. Is no, mm-hmm. There is no true dense matter, right? This mm-hmm. is all vibrating particles. Right. So when we actually start to tune into what our frequency is, what is the vibration that I'm holding, we can start to transform ourselves, our health, and then we can actually start to transform our environment mm-hmm. because this is now measured that your heart is transmitting a field around the body mm-hmm. that is projecting your frequency out to the environment that other people are feeling and responding to. Mm-hmm. And so once you start to understand that and work with it, you can be in control of what you're transmitting to the environment. And also and so what you're a, attracting. Well, absolutely, because it's an electromagnetic mm-hmm. field. So we're, we can draw in what we want and we can 
repel what we want. Mm -hmm. And so where I, where I start with people is saying, one, how do you want to feel in your body? Mm. What do you want the, um, the understanding of yourself to be? Hmm. And also, what would you like to be transmitting to your environment, your family, your friends, your home? Mm-hmm. That you that you. This can is do true. That. You've asked me that question. I've asked you that, and we <laughs> work together. And, <laughs> we have. and there's a place where you can come into. Oh, I can. Yeah. I can manage that frequency. Yeah. So we live in a world that's um, that many people think are interconnected, mm-hmm. but there's a, a a term interbeing that Thich Nhat Han coined which is it's not that we're interconnected. It's that it's one consciousness playing through all of us. Mm -hmm. So whatever I'm transmitting is going to be felt. Whatever um, I'm directing to the environment is going to be felt. And so once I take sovereignty over that to say, Mm -hmm. I'm determined Mm -hmm. to be an expression of, uh, of peace, of love, of purpose, of healing, that I'm not going to contribute to the negative feedback that's been in the environment, I, I become, that's where I think we become truly sovereign. Like totally. Whatever the unfolding of life is going to be, my choice mm-hmm. is to hold my frequency in it. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to let um, something else determine how I feel and how I direct myself in the world. Which and I think that's our highest expression of sovereignty. Yeah, go ahead. 100%. And which shifts, like... Instead of life is happening to me, it's like the life presents us with all these opportunities to choose different or to learn from the situation that's before us and to respond in a way that might shift the frequency, the outcome, the pattern from repeating. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and instead of life happening to me, it's, you're an expression of life. Absolutely. We all are. And, and life is unfolding through you mm-hmm. that what you think, feel, express to the environment matters. Which takes people out of victim perpetrator paradigm, which is mm-hmm. where earth has really been vibrating at for a long time. This polarity of like, I was victimized. Right. And so therefore I'm going to lash out and hurt others or I lash out and hurt others, and then people victimize me back. And right. that whose fault is it? Correct. Right. And yeah. it spins our um, resources in ways that is yeah. not useful. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, um, a a master qigong teacher here, and something that really he said that sparked such interest in me is that we essentially use about eighty percent of our daily energy and resources directed to um, doubt, fear, mm. worry, the projection of our, of our mind into the past and the future, that when we're in that state of projection, it triggers the organs, it triggers the glands, and that we diminish um, tremendous amounts of health through worry. Can you imagine your life with 80% more energy and vitality and resources? Right. We talk about how like we use maybe 10% of our brain and we don't know the human potential. It's because we're wasting it, 80% of it all the time out into things that are false, delusional, past experiences that we're not even remembering correctly, a, a future that will never happen. So, um, yeah, it's super exciting. When we start to learn embodiment, presence, frequency, uh, I think that's where sovereignty really comes. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Robin. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and our fabulous, brilliant guest, Robin Stamp from Universe Embodied. Stay tuned. We'll be back. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we're in studio with Robin Stamp. Welcome back, Robin. And um, so we've been, you know, asking some big questions and considering that we are evolving into a much more heart-centered, embodied experience, that everything is frequency, and we have agency and choice over what frequency we're emitting, putting out, and what frequency we're receiving, getting back. And um, let's just take a moment for our listeners uh, to share where where can they find you? Like, mm-hmm. could you take yeah, a great. moment to just like, where could they find you? What kind of opportunities would they have to work with you or experience some of what you're sharing here? Yeah, beautiful. Um, easiest way is universeembodied.com. And there you can learn a lot more about me, my vision, um, the work that I do. Where my two main areas of focus are right now is on this heart-centered work. You know, I'm really... Um, showing people the truth of, of the heart, not as a metaphor, but Mm-mm. the literal center of our being and its power to, to change uh, your life. I teach workshops on that. I was just in Omaha for the weekend teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, hope to come up to Minnesota sometime hope so soon. Too. Um, I'll be down in Arizona probably in the fall. Um, and so that's where my work generally is, is um, one-on-one guidance and I'm putting together some, some online workshops, but right now one-on-one focusing on the heart centered work through the karmic guidance. Also another great passion of mine is uh, men's work and men's health. And so I have a, a program work um, embodied masculinity, right? Invitations for men to come into uh, a more conscious state of masculinity, not as how you have to act to be, to be a man, but, um, certain ways that we can um, work in masculinity within ourselves to tap into higher potential, um, uh, higher expression in life. And so uh, you can find out more on, at universeembodied.com. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That is, all of it is much needed work and, and opportunity in the world. So uh, I'm glad that you... Uh, Climbed down that previous ladder and off that <laughs> wall. It, it fell. I don't know how much I climbed, but there's a. Well, sometimes. Un- unevenly climbing it, so it toppled. Yeah. Sometimes, here I am. Yeah. Sometimes we need lo- louder, louder invitations, and sometimes we need quieter invitations a in our life. Strong gust of wind. A strong gust of wind, indeed. Yeah. Um, what about? Uh, would you? You know. Would not to totally put you on the spot, but we know each other, I think, well enough. Would you be willing to share a little experience for our listeners that maybe Absolutely. they, if they were inspired, could um, practice and could consider? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I would love to do that. And one, just to understand about my work, 
is that I keep it very simple. Hmm. I keep it very simple. What we want to do is tune into um, what's possible in the moment. And so in this setting, uh, in this capacity, there is a very simple, straightforward practice that we can do. Um, and so one of the things to understand about working with the heart is we have to be in a state of presence. We have to be in a state of embodiment to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in this um, state of interoception, right? How do I feel in my body? Mm-hmm. And so one of the um, most powerful tools that we can use for that is, um, you know, I talked about studying Qigong. Um, there's a there's a practice that uh, the master would say is bring your chi to your belly. Mm-hmm. And he'll, and I'll turn tilt my camera here just a little bit, but he'll go, Mm-hmm. And as we do, mm-hmm. right, and I'm, I'm just, as I'm exhaling, I'm, I'm letting my hands fall and my awareness is going down into my belly, my pelvis, my perineum. And the perineum, right, if anybody who's studied yoga or um, um, any, any uh, tradition like that knows that that's our root, mm-hmm. our, our, our grounding point. And so as I exhale, bring the chi to the belly or bring my awareness down, I could say to my lower chakras, really feeling the lower three perineum sacrum solar plexus. And that practice, what it does is it clears your head. Mm. It brings you into a state of presence. Now, if the, this is new thoughts and, and, and um, uh, your senses are going to grab you quite quickly. Don't worry about that. But this practice of clearing the head exhale just bring the awareness down into the lower core anchored in the perineum starting to feel the power of the lower body is what then can allow the heart to open because if we're in a state of stress of worry in that spinning of the mind the heart is in a contracted state because Mm -hmm. we don't feel safe so in order to feel safe we have to feel present We have to feel engaged with the moment. And so this exhale, bring the chi, bring awareness, bring your, all your energy down into the belly. And what's fascinating, ancient traditions that have a a powerful connection to the body and medicine, Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, they're kind of the two that have survived. Both say the same thing that we actually process in the belly. We have more nerve endings in the digestive tract than we do in our spinal cord. Mm. And so as we bring awareness, as we kind of let everything drop down to the belly, we can process it. When we're in our head, we're in rumination, we're in fear, we're in projection. And so just a simple practice of bring all the awareness to the belly. Perineum, sacrum, solar plexus, that we start to hold the body differently. Um, Another way people can connect with me is I host live morning meditations on Zoom two mm-hmm. days a week, right now, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and that would be at um, 7 and 8 a.m. Central Time. And you can um, email me either through the website or at robin at universeembodied.com, and I'll get you on the list, um, the invite list to be part of that group. And what I teach is a very specific um, guided practice that is about coming into the body, feeling the power and allowing the heart to open and really working with the frequency. So we do a a specific practice that is um, all the things that we've really talked about today, uh, grounding in truth, 
feeling uh, a greater possibility within yourself and then and then really feeling the frequency this isn't a again this isn't a, a metaphor this isn't a, mm-hmm. um, a a theory this is uh, once we're aware this frequency is very clear mm-hmm. very um uh, very much felt and then we can work with it we can direct it we can uh, manage it we can um, understand it more and more but the key first embodiment right bring the awareness down into the perineum sacrum solar plexus and that practice over um over and over right when you find yourself in stress or worry or just when you have a moment free come into the body feel the body and things start to shift quite quickly yeah and it's it's i mean that that's beautiful and i love the simplicity and the directness that you can experience by taking the moment yes. to do that yes. Something, and the, something that just really quick, yeah, that no. it's so important is that you can feel different right now. hundred percent. our, what we've been taught and how we're geared is to think that if I put in a bunch of time that in maybe a year, maybe 10 years, I might start to feel better. And that doesn't work for anybody. And so this isn't something that you gain from, um, that you can earn from working hard. This isn't something you get for being really good. Um, this isn't a reward. This is the nature of your being is here all the time when we are in a state to experience it. And so you can feel different in this moment and then you can do it again in the next moment. Yeah, go ahead. And it, I think it's a beautiful invitation to um, going back to earlier in the conversation around deconstructing kind of the framework we were put in, which is Mm -hmm. that the mind, the intellect overrides everything. At least that was the one I was raised in, like you A plus things and and through success, you move on to the next level of education and the next opportunity comes from that education. And, um, And I know I spent many years kind of at the expense of my body because I was letting the, the mind or the mm-hmm. intellect not be embodied. Um, right. And it was a coping mechanism that got me a lot of accolades and a lot of uh, <laughs> quote-unquote mm-hmm. success. But when my body started to break down um, and show signs of chronic stress, I, I knew that couldn't work anymore, but I wasn't sure, like, like it felt kind of scary to come back into the very thing that I had ignored and dragged along, (laughs) which was my body for so many years because my body didn't feel like a safe place for me to inhabit because of things that I'd experienced where I didn't have agency or advocacy um, over it. What would you, I mean, for me, the very practice of getting embodied and, and, paying attention to my body and giving itself care and actually, you know, through Ayurvedic practices and, and yoga and somatic practices has helped me come back home. Mm-hmm. But I know for people where the body feels maybe not a safe place, do you have any, I mean, we've spoken a lot about yeah. it, but do you have any messages or of yeah, courage absolutely. or invitation? <laughs> Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, first is I get it, right? Yeah, We've me all, too. the human experience is, is rooted in trauma. Mm-hmm. There's not a person that mm-hmm. I've met that hasn't had some form of 
uh, traumatic experiences in their life. Mm-hmm. So we, we can get it. We understand why, um, why we're feeling that way. And so then we say, well, let's start to change the experience. Mm-hmm. That the body is the safest place to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Because once you're in this place of, um, well, let's call it sovereignty because here we are, mm-hmm. that nobody can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Right? They mm-hmm. can hurt the body. Mm-hmm. They can they can do many things in that way, but you become the master of your experience. Mm. And so that invitation in to say, look, first, I understand. Mm-hmm. I've been there. We've all been there. Let's start to change it right now. Mm-hmm. We can do that by bringing the awareness into the belly. We can do that mm-hmm. by unpacking and speaking the things that have happened and, and letting it, that energy move out of the body. Mm-hmm that we can start to transform the experience of what it means to be you. And the beautiful thing is through that, we transform our world that I, you know, I spent 10 years in politics really trying to like, you know, let's, let's win. Let's make, let, we have a better message. We have a better vision. Let's do that. And then the world will be ours. And uh, what that does is it continues to, to divide people. What, mm-hmm. um, truly matters is that we are taking ownership, sovereignty, full um, responsibility for our inner state and what we're transmitting to the world. And so Mm -hmm. that we're not reinforcing the negative patterns that have existed over time, that we're, we are agents of healing and transformation and support and upliftment in our communities. And once we start to take that responsibility, then, um, we're making our body safe, our home safe, our community safer than they've ever been. And you then have um, the power to do so. Right. And that the body is actually a sacred vessel for us to manifest like great things, great potential. And we're not only this body, obviously, right? Like we have that, that center within the center of our heart. That is that, that light beyond Mm -hmm. all else that we're trying, at least that I get curious about and, and feel you do too. How do we emanate that light Mm -hmm. through this vehicle that we've been given through these senses that we are also given to see the world and pay attention to the world with things that we love and want to grow and embody to make it a place of peace and love and higher frequency. Yes. I know um, we're winding down. So I'll just say, you know, kind of the last point on that is that a lot of people doubt the ability to change, to Mm. transform. And so one of the uh, fundamental truths that I've learned in my journey is awareness is transformation in its beginning stage. So once you start to be aware of your patterns, your feelings, your life, it will transform. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And so not to say I'm aware of it now, I have to figure it out, but gain awareness, presence, that's what embodiment gives us. And that opens up transformation happening. And it's a, it's a natural process. Beautiful. Robin Karmic Guide with universeembodied.com. Thank you so much for being here. And um, may many people yeah. find you, connect with you, and great, great gratitude. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. See you next time. See you next time. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, where we speak with heart-centered thought leaders who are curious, conscious, and considering pathways that get yourself free. Mm